Hi, I'm Cameron, and I don't just read comics, I love them. Welcome to what usually would be Cameron Reads Comics, but today we have something else for you. My buddy Jack and I not only love comics, but we love movies and television. So in order to indulge in our interests, we started a brand new podcast appropriately called A Worthless Film Podcast, where the films aren't worthless, just the opinions. With the release of Zack Snyder's Justice League looming ever closer, we thought it would be fun to start off exploring the DC Snyderverse, building up to the release of the four-hour blockbuster. So, here we are with our first episode exploring Man of Steel, directed by Zack Snyder and written by David S. Goyer and Christopher Nolan. Just a warning, we are going into full and complete spoilers for The Man of Steel. Remember to follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Cameron Reads Comics, and make sure to clobber the like and subscribe buttons, as well as leave me a five-star rating interview on iTunes. And make sure to go follow a Worthless Film podcast on iTunes and Spotify. We have a lot of stuff coming your way. Now, here is your episode. Guys, welcome to the very first episode. What's up, everybody? Of the Worthless Film Podcast, where the movies are not worthless, just our opinions are. And us. And uh, we're worthless. Wait, wait. <laughs> like, no value. <laughs> Why are not you still all. listening? All right, I guess we need to introduce ourselves. Yeah. I'm Cameron. I'm Jack. <laughs> and this is the Worthless Film Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is fun. Um, we're doing it. Jack, okay, wait. Uh, here, let's just introduce ourselves to the audience, yeah. though. Um, how long have you been a fan of movies? Uh, probably since like yesterday. Oh yeah, my God. Yeah, I saw yeah. my at, first. At, film. Le- at, at least yesterday, um, and <laughs> if not more. Uh, Cameron, how long have you been a fan of uh, movies? <laughs> I guess as forever. Actually, I was thinking about this when we were watching our movie for this week, and I realized that I don't think I watched too many good movies until. I had a girlfriend show me, like an ex-girlfriend at this point, but a girlfriend Ooh, show me shout some, out. some beef. <laughs> not shut up. <laughs> <laughs> not she, shut up. Yeah, she showed me some quality flicks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I realized yesterday, because after I watched Man of Steel, I watched Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. And I was like, dang, Reservoir Dogs is one of the first really good movies I ever saw. And yeah. so I'd say about long, long-winded way to say, probably eighth grade. Dang. I think I, yeah, I think I started like really getting into movies. I've always liked like superhero movies and big movies like that. But I think I started really getting into movies when I kind of like got into college. That's Mm -hmm. when I was like, man, like actually, like I think my favorite thing to do is watch movies. And that's kind of when I stopped like, you know, trying to pretend like I like sports and like recreational stuff like that. So. (laughs) Oh, I never <laughs> pretended I like sports. It's just pretending I like surfing and stuff like that. And, you know, I was like, okay, movies will be my thing. I'll be the movie guy. Yeah, exactly. I was like, I remember in eighth grade, I was like proud to be known as the dude with like a lot of band t-shirts, whether yeah. or not I listened to the bands. <laughs> <laughs> we're here weekly to tell you that we actually watch the movies that we're talking about. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And if and if we didn't, you'll never know. Yeah, so suck, suck <laughs> nerds. <laughs> what is, awesome. we lost all of our audience already? That's crazy. It's okay. We didn't have anyone here to begin with, so let's not kid ourselves. <laughs> well, here Except we are. us. And that's the most important members. Yep. Um. Okay, so Jack, what did we watch this week? Okay, so Cameron, we watched because you know there's some little thing that's coming out called Justice League: The Snyder Cut, and so with that coming out, we both love comics, we love other superhero movies, we both love stuff, movies in general. I would say, yeah, like honestly, about. even like obviously television as well, because I think that yeah. the the cinematic direction that television has gone within the mm-hmm. last ten years is unprecedented camera i think i think it's safe to say that we like popular things yeah we like think, things that everybody else likes we're, no, we're normal guys except for sports <laughs> except for sports i mean I, i'm trying to like sports but you know baby i'm like stuff. basketball is great but that's yeah, about i love it. love basketball I like football I'm, i can actually watch them now you know without like being on my phone all the time so I'm oh, my, my man. <laughs> camera we watched man of steel yes we did the original we did. entry into the Snyderverse. yeah this is actually going to be the first uh in a couple film series that we're watching to the build mm-hmm. up like pretty much the Snyderverse of the dc film canon yep um yeah seconding what jack said we both love uh comics and and movies and obviously to see those mediums tie into one another is mm-hmm. so freaking cool and yep. uh Going into the Snyderverse, we were just like, hey, man, let's just talk about this. Or going into the Snyder Cut, we thought, let's go into the Snyderverse. So, yeah. and, I, and, and, you know, I think it's nice that we get to chat about these things because you're kind of more the comics guy. Yep. Like we both love comics. We both love movies. You kind of more like the dissecting comics person. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of more dissecting movies person, I think. Yeah, and absolutely. I, and I, I obsess over this kind of stuff. So I think we have a great crossover and we can, like, we're kind of primed to to be experts and geniuses i think yeah we're the best podcast of all time i think i think we're brilliant so (laughs) i'm I'm gonna have to i would have to say that this is one of my top two podcasts i've ever been a part of because (laughs) the other one is my own podcast (laughs) so i'm a fan of both uh we got oh also honest plug if you just want to hear me talk about comics you're gonna hear this plug a lot on this show go check out cameron reads comics check it out if you are from cameron reads comics Check out this show and stick around to hear what we think of Man of Steel. Yep. Okay, so Cameron, tell me what the story of Man of Steel is. Give me a quick rundown. Honestly, it's a, it's a great freaking movie. I think that not, first and foremost, uh, it's your standard Superman origin story, but mm-hmm. in context to this film coming out uh, with the universe surrounding it, I think that it's really important to note that this story uh, – st- it's coming off the tales of the Dark Knight trilogy. Like, yeah. And Man of Steel particularly was written by David S. Goyer, who, mm-hmm. for my DC fans, is a very, very famous, or, yeah, moderately famous comic book writer. He wrote tons of Jeff Johns' JLA run with him, or JSA run with him. So mm-hmm. if you know about that, you know who he is, or you've read his material and you may not have known it. But he's also been a guy, he's worked with Christopher Nolan on multiple Batman films, uh, and so when you look at Man of Steel, it's pretty much the Superman origin story uh, launching a universe. Mm. The tones of DC trying to play catch up within this film are not lost on anyone, I don't think, <laughs> or at least set a foundation are yep. very apparent. Mm-hmm. So um, this movie is, is their interpretation, I, I guess a modern interpretation of the classic Superman story. Yep. Uh, Krypton explodes, uh, Jor-El and Lara of Krypton launch their son to Earth. Uh, he gets picked up by the Kents and he tries to, you know, 
do the best of what he's been given. So mm-hmm. I think that's my best summary of what's going on. And then General Zod comes and tries to <laughs> kill the whole world. But you know, exactly, no big deal. And then the really important footnote of this movie I noticed is so many explosions. So many explosions. It was. It was I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, another man. <laughs> yeah, I think that. Really, I, I kind of before we even get into the film, which we'll, we will get into the film, stick around. But I think the <laughs> cast and the production and some mm. of the things leading up to this film are really what brought me to it. Mm. Um, Tell me about it. I think that when you look at the cast, and I'm I'm kind of with these properties that I hold so dear becoming adapted, I'm just such a stickler on like who they are casting. And so yeah. when you look at who they got, I just wrote down some of the big ones. Uh, Russell Crowe is Jor-El. I think if you're looking for a modern, I guess, in, in the 1970s Superman Christopher Reeve film, you had Marlon Brando play Jor-El. And mm-hmm. now we're looking at Russell Crowe. I think they honored that like legacy of great actors playing that character. And then um, it was very great. I just thought that was a great casting choice. I was like, yeah. Ooh, that's a great choice. Michael Shannon as General Zod, mm-hmm. I would argue, is top two DC Entertainment Universe villains of all time. And I thought this role that he had was... I just loved him. And I think yeah. he's, he plays scary guy very well. <laughs> <laughs> like on the, on the, on, on the brink of like maniac, like about to break kind of person. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, if one person on earth actually had heat vision, I would believe it's Michael Shannon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, then Kevin Costner is Jonathan Kent. I think that yep. literally let's take the guy from field of dreams and put mm-hmm. him back on the farm to be a mm-hmm. dad father to this child. And like, the Kents are the most wholesome family in like the DC universe. Yeah. And so, yeah. Diane Lane is Martha Kent. Also great. I think yep. I've always had a crush on Diane Lane. So if you're <laughs> Diane, if you're listening to this, just hit me up. Bro. <laughs> friend of the show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, friend of the show and must love dog star. Diane. Exactly. Lane. <laughs> Can't forget must love dogs. And then obviously the last two that really stuck out to me were Henry Cavill, Clark Kent, mm. Superman. I think he's, the perfect casting. I think yeah. he, was, he nailed it. And then um, Amy Adams is Lois Lane. I thought they, I had this film handled Lois very well. Mm-hmm. And so when I was just looking at that cast, like, you know, and cause those are released to us on IMDb when the movie's yeah. coming out, when you look at that lineup we have, I think that is a perfect lineup. I think we have yeah. some all-stars, some, yeah. some major hitters on the, on the bench for that. And so I really liked, uh, I liked, I liked the cast and I think it's super important to look at. Yeah, I I think like um I think the the biggest standout for me aside from Henry Cavill is Michael Shannon. You yes. know, it's like I feel like I I mean, you say he's top 2. I think he's number 1 for me. Um I think for DCEU villains. The, yeah. The only other um was uh for me Ocean Master in Aquaman. I liked Ocean Master. Um yeah, I think Ocean Master is like a top 3 for me. Um probably top 2. But I think like Michael Shannon in the Henry Cavill is such like a dominating force as superman he's so he's he's so like uh i'm looking for the right word he's so like mesmerizing mesmerizing he's so like not brooding he's so daunting as like a person looking at him and it's like so i feel like you need somebody who can also match that energy but also kind of like bounce off it with like a chaotic kind of energy because henry cavill is like so resolute in his performance as superman and I think Michael Shannon just captures that energy so well and that he's kind of manic. He's scary. Like, I really feel like he could kill Henry Cavill Superman if they are in a fight. Yeah. Um, and like, like any great villain, he's kind of right. Like, I think, with his, yeah. 
you know, it's like the, the bureaucrats of Krypton have destroyed the planet and they're ignoring that it's about to explode. And he's doing what he thinks is best to try to save it. And he's a villain because he's going about it in the wrong way. Um, and he's a racist who wants to like only preserve like certain bloodlines. <laughs> dang, <that laughs> dang, Michael Shannon, that did not age well. <laughs> not age well. Um, but yeah, but it's like he he's thinks he's doing the right thing. It's like every great like every villain thinks of the hero of their own story kind of thing. Yeah. So and he, so I know exactly what he's doing, and I know exactly why he's doing it, and I believe it in this movie. Yeah. Um, so that like paired with his energy on screen, like I feel like it's just the recipe for an amazing villain. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that that's that's one thing that I really loved it, within this film is the setup for Michael Shannon. Mm-hmm. And like, if you don't know why a villain is doing what they're doing, then they're not a great villain. And that's why, yeah. I don't know, unfortunately, when I look at the rest of the lineup of the DCEU or like even extended Snyderverse films, I'm like, I just don't have not had a clear grip on understanding what, what the villain's motivations are. Yeah. But- General Zod, okay, so I think uh, an important detail to hit on is that Clark was the first uh, Kryptonian, like, p- like pure birth, like, pretty much. Yeah. Was, was nobody doing it on Krypton? I don't think so. <laughs> they're like, that's, that's why. why all like, maybe that's why we're all so angry and having issues. Yeah, that's why they're the Codex. Yeah, they're all. <laughs> General Zod is very pent up, and I'm just, that's all I'm going to say. Like, that's all. I mean, we could see. I could tell. He's wound tight, <laughs> but, <laughs> but with, uh, he's the first pure birth. And so, but because before that, like Jor-El's whole thing was we wanted a child to be able to grow up and decide what they could be, not assign to them what they are at birth. And I yeah. really, really, really liked that idea that, um, that's the driving force for Zod is he's like, yeah. I have been born to grow the planet of krypton like that mm-hmm. is my life's sole purpose to protect to protect this and like push it like across the universes yeah and so i'm going to die doing what i was made for and i was like oh that makes so much sense and like yeah clark's obviously doing what he was born for and, and that's mm-hmm. ob- that's in clear opposition to that so it was really good like i just thought that dynamic yeah. was really wonderful yeah it's like and they and they kind of you know they kind of touch on that in the end when it's like zod you know, his, his last hope for Krypton to be saved or be revived is gone when Clark destroys the ship. Um, and he's like, my sole purpose, like what I was born to do was defend Krypton. And you took that from me. So like, you've taken away my only life purpose. Now I'm just going to destroy everything because I have nothing left. So it's like, at that point, like that payoff to me, I was like, okay, I, I see the pain and I see the anger. Like I, I am, I'm buying this or I'm rolling with this, that he wants to destroy clark and entire and everything he cares about or fought for to defend and it's like you know I, that was really compelling for me i liked it yeah yeah and yeah. that's why that's why i like him as a villain and then the performance he gives like yeah michael shannon as an actor is amazing and so yeah, he's, got, he's got the crazy eyes he does it <laughs> for everyone who listens to my other podcast or just knows me revolutionary road like michael mm-hmm. shannon in that movie i'm just like you want to talk about crazy eyes anyways <laughs> that's for a different episode but yeah. um, um all right so let's get into it though yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, so what, what do you think about krypton i thought the world building in krypton was amazing i i actually if again i i may have said this to you or i may have said this to my earlier but anyways this story's representation of krypton i thought was so amazing it was so otherworldly and mm. it, it was a combination of a lot of superman origin stories the three yeah. that stuck out the most to me were 
uh, Superman Man of Steel by John Byrne, the original six issue miniseries where they kind of re first is the first reboot of Superman. And so yeah. if you look at their costumes, they are um, their outfits, I guess their wardrobe on Krypton. It is so uh, reminiscent of the John Byrne stuff. And I thought that was so neat. And uh, then when you actually went to the world, it didn't look like, you know, sometimes they build sets that look like, you know, um, just a different country or a different yeah. like you can tell this was filmed in some sort of other country but yeah krypton was only krypton and i just thought they <laughs> leaned into that so much and that yeah. i had not seen anything like that and anything like that anywhere else and so i really loved it and i loved all the costumes and everything and mm-hmm. i also appreciate the amount of time they spent on krypton yeah what yeah you we got like the first like 20 minutes on krypton or something like that or like you spent a lot of time there um i liked it it's just this like wacky, ridiculous, horrible world. <laughs> like everything seems so harsh there. And I, it seems like the worst place ever to live. Um, but I liked it a lot. I feel like they built, like they spent enough time making me think about Krypton and making me kind of like get in that world. Cause I feel like if we were there for two minutes and then it just explodes, I'm like, okay, who cares? But with this, I think I liked that backstory and all the time we spent there, especially with Jor-El. Like I feel like yeah. starting off the movie with Jor-El super strong way to start off the movie loved it yeah i especially him at like russell crowe as jor is like oh, come on yeah choice exceptional yeah, he's so good um but i feel like it took a lot of i don't know i feel it felt like kind of a gutsy move to spend that much of the beginning of the movie with not superman mm-hmm. and with a character most some a lot of audience probably won't know yeah um and kind of just taking the time to flesh out the crisis of krypton and set up the entire like story arc with Zod. You know, it's like, because I feel like with Zod, if you don't give him enough time to flesh out why he's so angry or what he's feeling, yeah. it's, gonna, it's not going to work or it's not going to click or translate. So I feel like spending that time in Krypton gave the Zod storyline like enough meat or enough substance to kind of make sense and drive throughout the rest of the narrative. Um, so like, I liked everything we were doing in Krypton. I don't, I don't understand what you would do on Krypton if you're not like a warrior or like some politician, (laughs) like, and it's like, it's like, there's, it doesn't seem like there's a, it's a place you can really live. Um, But that's not a problem. It's just like a, I would say whatever. Um, So you're telling me that they offered you a freaking condominium on the planet Krypton. (laughs) And a sweet ass dinosaur to ride around. You would not take that offer. Okay, man. (laughs) I mean, I think, you know, depending, looking at how things ended up there, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I did not take it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think I totally agree with you. And they leaned into like the, the fact that nobody could live there. They leaned yeah. into that on the episode because they're just like, or on the movie because they're just like, all right, well, yeah. Like this is not sustainable. And that's why we yeah. need to send our child away. Um, yeah. Before we move on to like Metropolis and Earth, how'd you feel about the death of Jor-El before the trial and explosion like of Krypton? Yeah, I so I don't really understand why they couldn't leave other than this, that oh, our time is up. It's like, is it really though? Like, yeah. you just put Zod in a ship that could easily fly away and he's like a criminal. Um, yeah. But um, I liked everything. Which I liked his wacky mech suit. And oh, I want to like, see Superman in that. Yes. And that he's like weirdly great at Kung Fu, even though he's a scientist. Heck yeah. Uh, he's just secretly doing Kung Fu on the weekends. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my but, gosh. I like that. Yeah. But I had so much fun with everything. Like it, 
it set the tone for the movie and like all like everything with Jor-El I was on board for. Like I was definitely having fun with that. Um, kind of a dick move that he put himself in the USB stick for Clark to meet someday and not his mom. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> like no Lara. Lara, smell you later, dude. Yeah. yeah. Did you think that she would might want to be on there as well to meet her son? It's like, ah, eh, probably not. <laughs> um, but let's see here. I'm looking at my notes here. Uh, oh, whenever I see a baby, I, whenever I see a baby, uh, I can't help but say, look at it in the eyes and say, our hopes and dreams travel with you. Oh my gosh. I wrote that down. I just thought, oh my gosh. Perfect. Perfect. Like Joriel, he's a controversial character. Like I think within yeah. the comics is just like, I don't know if he is supposed to be so likable. Like, I don't mm. think he's quite, cause the Krypton is supposed to be like the pinnacle of science and like, yeah. And and they kind of leaned into that. They're like, well, they have the pinnacle of evolution. Thus, they mm-hmm. they don't quite have the same morality. They're about survival. And uh, I don't think Jor-El is quite like the most likable dude. I don't think he needs to be the most likable dude. That's yeah Clark's job because he was yeah. raised on Earth. But um, I, I just thought that uh, he, I think they walked the line with Jor-El very like nicely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess. I, uh, I, I don't, yeah, it's like I don't necessarily agree with everything, every way he handled every situation kind of thing, but I understand everything he did, you know? And it's like, um, yeah, I liked it a lot. And I like the conflict between him and Zod. Like, I like having them as friends mm-hmm. and having them kind of like, um, like two sides of the same coin, like the right way to do something and kind of like the wrong way to do something and that kind of co- initial conflict there. Um, because it just made it much more satisfying and it made it much more personal when you know, Zod and Clark are later fighting in the film and later having those kind of, uh, those kind of interactions. Also like fast forwarding, like that moment between like AI Jor-El and Zod in the ship. Sorry, that's my computer. <laughs> um, that AI Jor-El and the, and the ship when he's, you know, getting ready to terraform earth, like for Krypton, yeah. that was a great moment. And like seeing like seeing that energy between them, even though it's not really Jor-El, it's just kind of like a version of Jor-El. Yeah. Um, that was really strong. And it kind of like gave me that just like the extra Zod moment I needed to kind of like get me through the rest of the film. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. I think uh it was very beautiful and I think very well done to make Zod a villain to Clark, but also Jor-El. It's a father mm-hmm. and son, you know. I mean, very, I guess almost Shakespearean, the man who slayed my father, like I shall slay yeah. too. Like Yeah. Um, it was good, and yeah, and so I just think I like I like. Th- Again, they gave Azad his time, and through mm-hmm. uh, the moments we had with Jor-El, which was great. Um, I yeah. think that the the, sh- the biggest shine with all of that, I think, though, too, is Chris Nolan. I think that's where we see him kind of coming in and and giving humanity to our antagonists. Yeah, we see we see that flavor, and I think that's kind of what, unfortunately, for the other movies, we lost. Yeah, yeah. And they they tried so hard to get him to direct this, and he just would not do it. Yeah, it's. And um, I don't think he's yeah. the right guy either. I, I know, no, no, no. Way more yeah. hopeful. Uh, yeah, I mean, arguably Zack Snyder's not really the right guy either. But you know, different conversation. Different conversation uh, for everyone uh, who likes Zack Snyder. Go enjoy Zack Snyder. You know what I mean? We're yeah. we're also allowed to like not be huge fans, but that's it. Yeah, but even saying though, it's like I don't like I don't agree with every choice Zack Snyder makes in this film any of the films he's made and it's yeah. not really what i would envision or what i would choose but i do like that as a different universe you know it's like 
it's 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 so much different than the Christopher Reeve Superman movies, and it's yeah. such a completely opposite take. Not the opposite, but so far removed from that. Um, and I get that, like they're not just trying to do like a rehash; they're trying to like distance themselves from just like repeating something. Um, yeah. And you know, I'm there's problems I have with that, but I, I like it though. You know, and it's like, and they he does like for better or for worse, he leans into his choices hard. Yeah, like, he's very yeah. consistent with what he does as Superman. And it's like. You know, and we also like we saw a modern take on the Christopher Reeve Superman movie, and it was Superman Returns with Brandon Routh. Yeah, and it's garbage. It, like it's it, such a boring movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like for this one, like I think it 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 worked, and I think it for the most part, like this movie hit. Like it's a, it's a success. I, I yeah, I'd say I, it's more success than failure for me. Exactly. Yeah. And so um, yeah, and I think that Zack Snyder. <laughs> We saw the tones of everyone on the team who like kind of created this universe. I saw the David S. Goyer stuff. I saw obviously the Christopher Nolan stuff and I saw the, mm-hmm. the Zack Snyder stuff, you know? And so that overall it was a success. And like, it, you know, we got, we got the movie I wanted. I wanted a Superman origin and I got yeah. that. So yeah, um, yeah I, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited about that kind of stuff. And I kind of want to make that more known than like me not being a, a quite a huge Snyder fan. Yeah. Um, okay. Well then I guess going into Metropolis, how did you feel about the narrative tying into um, like the, the style of the movie of Clark as a man and then to the cat scene flashbacks of the boy? how did you feel about that? Like dynamic? Yeah. I, I think that some of those flashbacks could have been in a different order. Um, like we get the adult flashbacks of him or like those scenes and then like we get like the kid flashbacks and it's like like i think of specific i love okay so i love the flashbacks of him like saving people in the oil rig and all that stuff and kind of him just like you know moving about working at a bar and stuff like that it's like but we're kind of seeing lessons in those flashbacks that we later see him learn in his kid flashbacks you know it's like the decision to save people, even if it means like kind of exposing himself, mm-hmm. you know, to the world around him, like, and those are things he does at the beginning of the film in those flashbacks, and then we see him like are being learning those lessons, being taught those lessons as a kid, or it's like the oh, like when someone's picking on me, like I'm gonna choose not to fight back, like this guy's throwing drinks at me in the bar, like I'm not gonna beat him up, and then like as a kid, he sees, you know, he gets taught the lesson, like oh, like I should, even though I have this power, I shouldn't fight somebody because i have this power yeah you know it's like feels like this should have happened in reverse and so it's like we're kind of seeing him learn lessons we've already seen him exhibit mm-hmm. um so that was kind of weird for me um but i mean i didn't dislike them yeah yeah i i know i really was a fan i thought it worked and, <laughs> and i was like that's because that's when we got to see like i love the 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 um that's my dog <laughs> the uh, waffles yeah my man uh, co-host <laughs> he we, we got to see the like kevin costner and diane lane like kent farm stuff which is like, what yeah. i love because i'm like people think that clark kent is the secret identity mm-hmm. like that superman is like the the hero and clark kent's the secret identity and i'm like that's not it like i yeah. think that he's both it's like yeah. he is the boy that he's more the boy that grew up on the farm than he is the superhero yeah he's just the boy who grew up on the farm with the powers and so yeah. when i think when he's being superman he's not quite being um he's not being like someone else he is only he's being who he knows how to be which is 
the upright, like hopeful, kind man his parents wanted him to be. And I think that yeah. they balance that really well in this movie. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, it's a, uh, what's it called? That moment between Clark and Pa Kent in like the basement when they're show- when he's showing him his ship and they're talking through that, like, He's like, no, I, he's like, does that mean you're not your son? Like, he's like, no, you are my son. And it's like, even though that, like that moment, like even though he's different, he's not from earth, he's like not actually their son. Like none of that matters because like at the end of the day, he is his son and he is Clark Kent and that's who he's been all his life. Mm-hmm. That other stuff is stuff that he'll get to discover later on. But it's like, first and foremost, he's Clark. It's, it's his son. He's a part of this world and this family. And it's like, and that's the fundamental, fundamental nature of his identity Yes, um, and that was just a great moment. I was like that. That was like that. That hit me a little bit, and I was like, "This is great." For my comic fans, that is lit- directly taken from Superman: Secret Origin by Jeff Johnson, Gary Frank. It's a Dynamite Superman origin. Make sure to go check it out. Heck yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I just need to make that plug. Okay. Uh, how did you feel about the uh, I guess surrounding characters of like on Clark's journey? Like, how do we feel about Lois? How do we feel about Perry White and what they had going on? Did you like that? Yeah, I, I love Lois Lane in this movie. Um, I feel like she's the best Lois Lane. Um, definitely better than the Superman Returns Lois Lane. Um, and I can't, who's the, what's her name, the original Lois Lane? Argo Kidder. That's right. R.I.P., right? R.I.P. Um, R.I.P. Um, I feel like she captures that energy really well and that she kind of has that same dynamic. Um, or not same, but like kind of captures the energy of that dynamic that they had in the, super, yeah. in the original Superman movie. Um, but I think expounds on it in a very interesting way. Like we're actually seeing her be an active character, like seeing her do reporting and we're seeing her kind of discover things in this world and figure out who Superman is, um, which is super cool. I was like, when I first saw it, I didn't like it. Like I didn't like that she discovered who he was so mm. soon because I love the whole, cause my, um, on the other end of it, I think that uh, Superman 75 the or Superman 78, I think the, uh, original the scene I don't know if you recall but the scene where Clark is like in the room after Lois went flying with Superman and he's in her mm. apartment and he takes off his glasses and he like puts his shoulders back and he's yeah. like we lost all that which is my favorite superhero movie scene of all time Yeah, but, but I think the way that they did this with this Lois I think that's exactly how it actually would have happened too yeah it feels very real world to this character and it's like in the original Superman like we kind of get that like in the original, in this Christopher Reeve movie, like we get him like putting his shoulders down when he has his glasses on and get the yeah. dorky Clark Kent. And it's like, it, I just can't, there's no way to see Clark, to see Henry Cavill as that dorky Superman. Um, yeah. And it's like, you know, and like it's, it, it wouldn't make sense for, it, I wouldn't be believable if I were to have Lois Lane in this movie looking directly, looking Superman in the eye and not see that it's Clark or the same yeah. person. It's like, you know, so I, I like it in this sense of the movie. It's where it feels very real world and it feels very true to the character that they set up. Um, and yeah, I like that they, they gave her something to do. Like, you know, it, yeah. they had her like running about and not doing anything, you know, it's like, but she felt like a, you know, a driving force in the movie. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, I'm, I'm way more champion of Lois Lane being a strong female, uh, like literally just supporting character as opposed mm-hmm. to damsel in distress like so yeah. i will gladly have that be the case um and yeah i i i agree with you on that and as i got older and as i've like watched the movie over and over i'm like it makes like even how they met not in yeah. the cemetery but in the ship yeah he 
he he does rescue her, but she is there out of curiosity, and she like yeah. the, the tenacity of Lois Lane of her coming mm-hmm. a day early and like oh, all all of it. I was like yeah, it was really 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 well done, and so yeah, and their chemistry too. Like yeah, how do you feel about Henry Cavill and Amy Adams? Their chemistry uh, together, it felt good. Yeah, I feel like Henry Cavill is such a not such a he's quite the like blank slate when it comes to like romantic chemistry. Yeah. Um, at least at this point, like at least like when this was being filmed. Um, so he's kind of like, you know, a very neutral presence, I think, when uh-huh. it comes to that kind of stuff. But she is Amy Adams is so lively and so like engaging in that kind of way that it totally works for me. Yeah, I think she because uh one of the core themes within this, and 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 I think one of the best core themes in who Superman is, is like he is no matter what afraid to be himself entirely because yeah. he he doesn't that I guess some of the polarizing issues with Superman as a character <clears throat> is like he doesn't he wants to be accepted by humanity because he doesn't feel like he's human but the real mm-hmm. truth about the character of Clark Kent and Superman is that he's in fact the most human and yeah. so um and like those desires are the most human desires anyone could ever yeah. feel yeah. and so I thought that his relationship with lois exemplified that and he's like the whole arc in in my favorite origin superman birthright which they leaned into on this and i think yeah how can't we get like a in the daily planet is the birthright superman anyways um lois lane showing being being the outlet that superman can't trust humans like being the human that is able he is able to put his trust into mm-hmm. and kind of have that i guess <clears throat> go against his uh kevin costner jonathan kent teachings i thought yeah. that, that was really 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 well done and i'm like i yeah. loved that she was the one to do that for him yeah yeah so okay so that's a great bouncing off point like what do you think about jonathan kent in this movie i don't know because i'm like <laughs> i love kevin costner and i think he's the yeah. perfect cast like i said yeah uh, i don't honestly i don't like the death of him and i think that yeah I'm personally pro Jonathan Kent being alive, but mm. also like if they do it right, the Superman can't save everyone with his father dying. Yeah. I think that's great. But I think, and maybe this is me just harping on an old movie, but the 75 or 78 Superman, the Donner film of Jonathan mm-hmm. dying from a heart attack, I think is the much more powerful thing because in all honesty, yeah. Clark, Clark could have gone in and saved everyone. Yeah, you could have saved him and everyone, and I think we could have had a Spider-Man Two, Spider-Man on the subway moment. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's yeah, it's like, and it's not even that the death is so dumb. It's all the events leading up to the death are just so dumb. Yeah, like, oh, let me instead of my superhuman son who doesn't have to show his powers to go save this dog can yeah. just run and go save the dog. Let me go save it. A visibly old man who is definitely going to die. Yeah, and who can barely run without a tornado. And it's like, so, you know, I think it can, yeah, I think like comparing it to the, to the Christopher Reed movie, it's like, it has zero kind of like emotional weight to it. You know, it's like yeah. with that, it's like he has a heart attack and it's like, despite all these powers, despite being a God, you know, the, the most powerful person in the entire world, he can't save his own dad because yeah. even with all his powers, like there's some things that are still out of your control. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, one of the most important lessons, and again, to reiterate the humanity of mm-hmm. Superman, like, 
we, we need that in whatever form we can get it. Yeah. Whether this was the way to show that, I don't know if I quite agree with. Yeah. Yeah. And even like, and you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to compare everything to, you know, the, the Christopher Reeve, like the first Christopher yeah. Reeve movie. Um, but it's like, I feel like this is a good place to compare them. And it's like, yeah. because I feel like that movie did Jonathan Kent so well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's like, and it had him like the lessons that he teaches Clark in this movie are like such bad lessons that I feel like he has to unlearn throughout the film. Yeah. And it's like, you know, in that, in that movie, he's like kind of like his cheerleader, almost like I think of like the, in the Incredibles when Dash in the end is like running the race. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you know, the Incredibles. Yeah, yeah. Oh, second. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go for second. It's like that kind of like, you know, be you and like try hard and like use like your, like be who you are and who you were made to be. Yeah. And like, you know, but do it in a way to where, you know, it's responsible and you're like kind of like, you know, being honorable in the same kind of vein. It's like, so, but like also but like championing him as like who he is meant to be, who he is supposed to be in this world rather than yeah. saying like, Hey, maybe you should let all those kids die. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, don't, don't tell people who you are. Like, just keep your head down. Like, you know, maybe someday, but the world is going to hate you. Yeah. His dad was trying to discipline him for doing the only right thing that he had the power to do with the school bus yeah. thing. And I'm like, yeah. No, I'm like, well, can we not just let that one slide? <laughs> like, yeah, and, and it's like, I feel like so many of the problems, and this is like kind of going beyond this movie, I feel like so much of the problem with Superman, like in the world he's in and like all these struggles and all this guilt and all this like moody stuff he goes to, especially in the next movie, I yeah. feel like that all stems from like the lessons Jonathan Kent taught him. Yeah. And, and like I- the world isn't ready for you. The world is going to hate you. Like, you know, the world doesn't need this person. And it's like all this stuff. And it's like, no, maybe he should have taught him like to be a beacon of hope like Jor-El was trying to do yeah. and like lean into that and it probably would have gone a lot better for him. Yeah, and like, because, and, and I, I guess going back to what I was saying about Jor-El, like I think Jonathan is supposed to be the one who's who's like different from Jor-El in the mm-hmm. teaching, you know? Like, like Jor-El, I, I don't know if he's quite supposed to be likable, and because yeah. I'm like he's all logic and he's like I just did to save my child whatever like maybe it was out of love maybe it wasn't it was just yeah. a reasonable thing to do. Jonathan Kent is supposed to be the we're all, I'm always proud of my son he is my boy like let's go play catch in the yard kind of dad and yeah. I wasn't seeing any of that in this movie yeah. and so yeah Jonathan Kent wasn't my favorite character but yeah but in yeah Kevin Costner's great like all yeah. that stuff just like the execution and stuff I just didn't like yeah yeah and it's I think in in it's unrealistic in every single franchise to, and especially a reboot like this, where we're just trying to build a world. Uh, I think it's unrealistic to put your, all your eggs in, in every character's basket. Yeah. Uh, and so I think this is just one. It's like, okay, it didn't, didn't quite hold up to what I'd hoped for. Yeah. And it, did, and it doesn't ruin the movie for me. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's yeah. like, again, this movie is a hit. Movie yeah. Claps. I'd say uh, it's mostly a hit. Yeah. Okay. Let's, we're running out of time, but let's go into um, Clark and Zod. How did we yeah. feel about that fight? Okay, well, I want to talk about, before we talk about this fight, I want to talk about what I think is the best fight in this movie, and that's yes. the Smallville fight. Oh, my gosh, okay. Yeah, that I think the Smallville fight. little town in Illinois. <laughs> I looked it up. A little town in Illinois, even though it's supposed to be in Kansas. Um, I think the Smallville fight is the best fight scene in the movie. Um, mm-hmm. cause it actually, fe- I feel like it's the first time, like that moment is the first time we actually feel like, 
we're getting some real physicality of what these yeah. beings are actually like. Um, rather than just like people flying in different directions and like rubber men like throwing around, it's like I actually feel like these characters and like the Kryptonians versus Superman are like real people, yeah. like actually taking real hits and like yes. interacting with a very real world. And I think part of that is like them being in a very small, like claustrophobic environment um, and like seeing them destroy like a 7-Eleven and an IHOP and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> Pete Ross <laughs> at the IHOP was the best with the best. <laughs> Love it. Um, but yeah, I think like that fight, um, was really great and it's like the military is like an active participant and not just like they're not just like there like we're actually seeing the kryptonians actually get hurt and like you know they're not invincible and like we're seeing superman actively save people in a fight which i feel like is the most superman thing that he should be doing um which i feel like is absent from the last from the end of the fight like from the final fight between him and zod that's like we're seeing him i feel like we're seeing him become superman in that moment Mm-hmm. uh to the world especially and and we do it's like they call like oh this man is not our enemy like with him in the military yeah but we're seeing him as a fighter and like confronting things about his past but also embracing his new role in this new world as you know the savior of humanity yeah. um so i feel like all those things together like seeing him save people becoming who he is and just the fighting itself between him and the kryptonians it's like a perfect fight scene for me i thought it was excellent yeah i totally agree yeah, with that fight, I think that one of the most key details within it is the um, the stakes. They finally, I think, mm. with with these movies and with major franchises, because of the longing to do extensive action sequences, we lose the stakes and the reason why they're fighting. Yeah, and I think that this one showed the like best version of having stakes. Yeah, because it's like as soon as you see Clark. Like the first time he comes out, because they were it started. They were at uh, Martha's house, and he, yeah, they grab her by the neck, and then he just comes flying in. I'm like, that was yeah. so perfect and beautiful. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you think you can threaten my mother? And it's like, oh, <laughs> then it, it goes full Superman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I needed for that moment, and I think that's one of the 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 things that makes this fight like okay yes they need to fight right now because mm-hmm. you don't you don't go to martha especially post jonathan come on yeah yo exactly it's his last family member yeah. yeah 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 so i think that kind of like bouncing off of that i feel like that the things i loved about that were kind of missing for me in the final fight um i think so too yeah and it's like especially because oh my gosh so we have the huge like action sequence with him like turning off the world engine and like you know stopping terraforming and like saving people and like bringing down the other ship with zod in it it feels like the movie is over mm-hmm. and like that because that was such a big action scene and we see him like you know hanging out with lois and chatting about that stuff making out and then yeah. we <laughs> and then we see that moment between him and zod and i like that moment yeah. like the oh like that was my purpose and like i have nothing now but like after that humongous like action sequence, like a good like fifteen minutes of straight action, and then like that moment to breathe, it was kind of jarring to be thrust back into like okay now we're having the big fight. It's like well I felt like we just had the big fight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like that was the one thing is with this movie, the, one of my bigger critiques would be the length of it, the sheer length. Yeah. It was like two and a half hours, and I was like very long. I love this movie. You know, I, I think it's great, yeah. but man, there was, there's some stuff that could have been taken like the whole him going to Zod's moon or like space the station base, thing. Yeah. 
Yeah. I was like, I didn't really need that. Like him yeah. being in the custody of the government. I kind of like, actually, I think my favorite moment of that is him in the handcuffs. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, whatever makes them comfortable. And I think that is so Superman. Like, yeah. That is the way he operates. Like he yeah. doesn't wear a mask because it makes us comfortable. He like yeah. all those things. And so yeah. I just want, really wanted to touch on that because, uh, yeah. And he's like, you don't need the tranquilizers. And they're like, what would you do? And he's like, okay, let's put our cards on the table. And he was yeah. like, <laughs> the handcuffs. And I was like, dang, he's a, you just started it. Yeah. It's like that slight bit of arrogance, but also like trying to be endearing at the same time. Yeah. Because like, that's, yeah. that's who he is. It's like, yeah, he knows his power and yeah, he doesn't want to use, he never wants to use his abilities as like leverage. Cause that's mm-hmm. not honorable. Yeah. Know? And that's, who he like who he is is again farm boy from kansas who just wants to do the best he wants to help people and like yeah that message being too good to be true is very much his forte you know yeah. so uh he, he he understands that okay how did you feel going i only had like four questions i brought into this and they were actually <laughs> all really about the deaths in this movie so yeah uh the death of zod is one of the most controversial yeah in this film yes how did you feel about it okay so well so going into that like i feel like the fight scene is very long and it's kind of they like destroy the city and killing thousands of people like millions yeah they they said only five thousand i was like yeah like no way yeah it's like one person in each building yeah (laughs) (laughs) one person (laughs) that's true though i know gosh um and then it's like you know it's kind of just a bunch of rubber men like sorry. flying around and running into stuff. I'm sorry, um, you're gonna have to redo that because I think that one person in each building is an accurate statistic. <laughs> I'm not editing any of this out. Oh god! Uh, but um, yeah, I that fight kind of feels like just two rubber men like bouncing around each other and like flopping into buildings and stuff. Um, and after rewatching it, some of the CGI doesn't necessarily hold up. As I was great. thinking that too. Yeah, like. I can see the rubberness in their faces at times. I'm like, yeah. okay, that's a, that's a CGI man. Um, <laughs> but, I'm like, they're, they're not actually flying. Like. Yeah, they're not actually flying. I thought they were until this point, but I guess they're not. I'm pretty sure they're not. No way to know for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, the, so the death scene. Um, so Superman's killed before. Like he's killed when he's had to. You know, it's like, it's always kind of like a last resort. And it's not really something he's known for. Mm-hmm. Um but he's done it. Like, so it's like, I don't have a problem with him, like with the killing itself, I guess. The nature of the killing felt way out of left field, like him just snapping his neck in the movie. I think I agree um, with that. Yeah. But I think also this movie, the problem I have with him killing Zod is that I think this movie didn't do enough to set up and teach the audience who Superman is for that moment to be excused. Like you and I, we know Superman. We yeah. know, we've seen so much Superman and many different things to where we feel like we know everything about the character. But we're like, oh yeah, like he just killed Zod, but like he's much more than that. Like there's, yeah. that, that's not really who he is, something he does. Like there's so much more to this character that that moment doesn't taint anything for me. Yeah. But I feel like for an audience who isn't really familiar with Superman, doesn't really know him in that kind of way, it's probably very jarring. And it's, probably, and it's very weird to have that be 
the definitive moment in how he solves his problems and just by snapping somebody's neck. Yeah, and we get it. Like, it's for the sake of, like, he he made his choice. He chooses humanity, you know, over yeah. Krypton. And especially if those are the stakes for Krypton. But, um, yeah, I think I really agree with you. They didn't give us enough time to understand that. But also, I'm like, I feel like if if it was going to lead to a death, I don't think that is the that exactly is the way that it could have gone. I'm like him snapping his yeah. neck. Like yeah. one of the biggest things that, cause I really loved the way they leaned into flight for him destroying the mm-hmm. world engine. Yeah. Him doing that. How come he couldn't fly up? Like, I think that's everyone's yeah. major freaking like quarrel with yeah. that. It's like, he literally just could have flown cause that's his thing. Yeah. And like maybe it could have you know maybe two more punches or something like some sort of resolution but snapping yeah. the neck is not i just think that's so against superman's character like yeah. entirely yeah yeah and it's like you know we've seen him do things that are that like especially i'm thinking of like doomsday situations yeah like in the comics or the animated shows or movies stuff like you know if there's something that's out of his control or he has no other option like we've seen him cross that line if he has to you know it's like or when there's a monster that's deranged and just losing it it's like he'll do those kinds of things if he needs to but mm-hmm. it's rare and like it's when he literally has no other option and yeah. everybody's gonna die and it did not feel like that and it did not feel like he needed to snap his neck in order to accomplish it yeah exactly exactly yeah. and so it was you know everyone who's probably seen that movie or at the time follows those kinds of that news like <laughs> they kind of know the the qualms that are with that scene. And so yeah. I don't want to beat a dead horse, but uh, yeah. overall, I guess, I don't know. I don't, that's as many really questions as I had. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's have a couple, couple quick things. So what do you think about the suit? Oh my gosh. Perfect Superman suit. I'm usually for a shorter Cape length. Loved mm. it though. I Love- a Cape was my favorite part. Oh yeah. That, I like humongous Cape just flapping in the wind all majestic. I'm like, yes. I love the boots too. Like how mm-hmm. they kind of wrap around his feet. Yeah. Uh, also, most important thing I think the texture of the suit. Texture is so, so good. It is so yeah. good. It makes it like some suit that could be like pretty plain. That that made it like leveled it up so much. It was so yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah, I love it. The, the S, obviously, the big the big logo being closer mm-hmm. to like the neckline of it. I yeah. thought was such a good choice. Like yeah, it, the, where you position that S and how you make it look makes or breaks that costume entirely and yeah. i think that made it yeah yeah i i i generally like the suit i wish it would pop a little bit more on screen it's yeah. such a dark and bleak world that's the, this yeah. movie i wish the suit kind of was like had a little more contrast between him and the world to kind of like you know exemplify that that theme of superman kind of being the, the beacon in this yeah. like very dark demeaning world um the suit the i mean we everybody hates the weeding cut of justice league yeah, uh, the Superman suit at the end of that movie, perfect. I think the colors are magnificent. That's the most. Like, the, yeah. Yes, absolutely. I will one hundred ten percent agree with you. I think that yeah. is the perfect Superman suit. Yeah. Um. Okay. So. Um. Oh, the flying, the flying the first, sequence, the first flight, like that sequence. Oh. My I, my my top two DCEU scenes. Yeah. Still, that and the Batman fight, the Batman warehouse fight, in BBS. oh yeah. Yeah. And like I want to give credit where credit is due. That was Snyder. Like you could yeah. see his fingerprints all over that, especially oh, yeah. that Batman scene. Um yeah. that sequence of flight 
my one critique that's really not even for this movie, but later on, I was like, it doesn't all have to be sonic booms. But like <laughs> that one, that him learning that, and even not even being able to fly quite at first, like yeah, the believability of him like doing all the jumping and then can't maintain the flight and then crashes into the mountain. Yeah, that was really sick. And I was like, okay, but then you see the fist and like the kinetic energy in the rocks. Uh-huh. I was like. Oh, it's over, dude. Like, it's so, over. <laughs> yeah, so it, it generally it genuinely feels like somebody moving through air and like yeah. engaging in the physical world. It's like and seeing him like you know, have practical like reasons for using his arms and his fists while he's flying as a kind of like steering. Like yeah. he like put his arms in front to go and like kind of pull one back like on each side to kind oh, of you're right. and like stabilize himself. Like that really makes sense. And it kind of adds like this extra dimension of like physics to making it feel very real. Yeah, especially uh, to the comics, like where it's like we just mm. see him doing whatever with his head, you know? Yeah. It, and especially like comparing to, I mean, we talked about this in the other podcast, um, but comparing to like the Wonder Woman flying we saw in Wonder uh, Woman 84, yeah. that just feels like somebody on strings like floating around like a green screen. It's like, there, it's, such, it's such a difference. And we that, see like that incredible craft to make that happen. Yeah. Easily to this day, the best flight sequence that. Oh, yeah we we've had so yeah. um let's not overlook that because it was so good and so yeah yeah no i totally agree um yeah i don't know anything else i guess from i have one more question but it's always going to be i think my question at the end of every pod um uh, okay let me see um yeah yeah okay what do you rate the movie out of 10 that is my quite last oh, question okay, <laughs> awesome. okay. great great uh, movie out of 10 solid and their sentiment attached to this answer, but I don't care. So it's my rating. <laughs> These are obviously not, uh, you know, the how we feel the movie and, is and, overall. And there's no use in actually giving a number rating for any kind of movie. Yeah, but obviously these are subjective. So yeah, uh, my rating seven point two five for this movie. Sweet. Is a little long, but yeah. Michael Shannon's odd. Henry Cavill's flight sequence of Superman. It hit, yeah. and especially and. But the, the last sequence uh, going into the Daily Planet was perfect. Yes, yes. It was absolutely perfect, perfect, perfect. Yeah. Uh, the most perfect anything ever. So. Oh, we didn't talk about the music. Oh, uh, yeah. The we best, the the best, music? The be- I just I was like the best music in any Superman movie ever, I think. Yes, I think that the score was... Yeah. Me- especially, like, I don't usually notice the music in mm-hmm. film, and I know it's so important. I know, like, the score is everything. Yeah. This one, I noticed the music, and yeah. we can obviously attribute that to Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer, the master. The goat. Um, yeah. Second to probably only John Williams, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah, Hans Zimmer's amazing. What Jack, yeah. what is okay. your rating for this out of 10? Uh, I'd say a 6.9 out of 10. Oh, wow, so we're close. Yeah, yeah, nice. We're mutual on this one. That's great. Um, yeah, uh, maybe a 6.5. I just wanted to say 69, so. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even get it. Like, um, Mommy. <laughs> nice. Um, no, I think, like, it's definitely more good than bad for me. Um, there's things I have, like, there's things, like, that are choices that I would not have made that I'm just not a fan that Zack Snyder did. Yeah. Um, but I think he leans into his choices and he's very consistent on the kind of, you know, universe he's created. Yeah. So I'd, because of that, I give it, like, more good than bad. So I'd say it's 6.8. Seven, six point eight out of ten. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's yeah. uh I think those are very fair scores for this movie. Yeah. Um yeah. it's probably yeah. the best movie in the Snyderverse. I think yes. Yeah, maybe yeah, not yeah. the best in the DCEU, but the best in the Snyderverse. Yeah, yeah I'd argue, yeah, I I'd agree, I'd agree. Because it's like I'd say it's top know. three in the DCEU. Yeah, those lines oh for sure top three for me. Uh, yeah. those lines are 
draw. That might be my number two or three for sure. But um, yeah. Okay, wait. Then next, ne- stay guys, stay tuned for the next episode. Yeah, we, we're we're, we're gonna, gonna do even more of these. But you know what? We're doing specifically Batman v Superman Ultimate Edition, aka the only edition you should watch of that movie. You see Batman's butt. Oh yeah, you do. Yeah. Oh my! I didn't even. I've actually only I think seen the Ultimate Edition like twice. Like, <laughs> I watch it every time, and I just pause for a little while on the booty scene. My you know, man. Cool dude, he's doing girls. You know, he's drinking in the morning. He's like, oh, also. The Batman like aesthetic they gave him, the Bruce Wayne aesthetic is uh, my perf- my ideal Bruce Wayne aesthetic personally. Yeah, we'll save it for the next episode. Anyways, <laughs> we'll we'll do that. There's a there's a sneak preview. If you wanna, yeah. Jack, where can they find you? Uh, they can find me at uh Lumberjatch on Instagram, and Jack McEwen on Twitter. Okay. I'll link in I'll link in all the bio. And then my, you can find me if you want to hear me talk about men in tights more often go check out camden reads comics on instagram twitter mm-hmm. and uh spotify and itunes yeah. so maybe go leave this podcast a five-star rating and review first and then maybe camden reads comics a five-star rating and review oh yep. also i'm on youtube there so go check out you have videos. you have to do all three or none of it if you're not doing all three, you don't want your review or your listen oh, actually just download it and don't listen to it <laughs> that's exactly oh that's all i need i just need the downloads baby <laughs> yeah don't listen to it just download it awesome well um, jack yeah this was fun this is amazing. Thank you for doing this with me. Oh my gosh. Thank you. This this yeah. is this is only the first step in an amazing the journey. Beginning. Love you, Mina. Dreams travel with you. <laughs> okay. Oh, is that gonna Bye. be our sign off? Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Alrighty. See you later. Farewell. <laughs>